Welcome to Tony and Gator versus Evil. Coming at you this week with a with a bit of a quick one, an easy one. Uh, we're going to be covering some uh, some some new, some news stories. I know it's kind of a popular thing we like to do. Uh, and I've got a couple uh, little articles that I'd like to go over. I know Tony has. You have a couple as well. Indeed. Uh, would you like to go first or? Uh, yeah, I've got a bit of a funny one here. Uh, All right, let's 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 go. So, pig poops out pedometer starts fire. Okay. Uh, I I'd say this is gonna be an interesting that's, that's one. That's a new one. Yeah. Uh, so a yeah. uh, a fire on a farm in northern England was accidentally set by one of the pigs. The firebug mm-hmm. or fire hog had swallowed a pedometer worn by one of its fellow pigs to demonstrate that the animals were free-range. But after the pig mm. excreted the pedometer, copper in its battery sparked a flame in the pig dung and dried hay bedding. On March 7th, at approximately 2 p.m. local time, according to the BBC, the fire spread to cover about 807 square feet of the farmyard before it was contained. Four pig pens caught fire at the farm, located near Leeds in the county of Yorkshire, and fire crews mm-hmm. from nearby towns rushed in with hoses to save the bacon. <laughs> but uh... <laughs> In a photo tweeted by Russell Jenkins, a crew manager in the North Yorkshire Fire and Rescue Service, flames smolder and, gr- and smoke rises from the ground as firefighters rake through burning hay and pig shit. In recent years, lithium... Smell. Fucking smell. Oh, Oh. I can't imagine. Yeah, he's wearing respirators in the picture, so I can only imagine. You would fucking have to, like... That that would be unholy, like... (laughs) But not only is it pig shit, it's burning pig shit with with hay thrown into it, too. Burning flesh? Step aside. There's a new (laughs) winner. (laughs) He's coming for your title belt. (laughs) (laughs) In recent years, lithium-ion batteries and personal devices such as cell phones and vape pens have spontaneously combusted, sometimes causing severe burns and even broken bones. Fucking hell! How? How? How does a cell phone exploding or a vape pen... I mean, I guess maybe if it's in your hand, it could break your finger, but like... Like a like a M eighty or like this something. You remember, you remember back in the day when like all those kids like try to hold an M eighty in the palm of their hand, they'd have blown their fingers off. Oh god, people are dumb. Yup. Yeah. And yeah, now, we we always have been. Yeah. And now M eighties are illegal thanks to retards. Thanks, dumb fucks. Thanks. <laughs> uh. However, no animals involved in the pig pen fire, including the fire hog who inadvertently started the blaze, were harmed by the flames or smoke. I like that fire hog. That is uh, that is a that's like a cool biker nickname. That's my new that nickname. Is Road, Road Rattler, and this is Fire Hog. <laughs> All right, that's it for that one. That's it for that one. Mm-hmm. Alrighty then. So uh, what I'll do is I'll go ahead and hit you with this one. Um, this is a. Ooh, give me. Can, can we pause it? Mm-hmm. So the one that I'm bringing to the table here, the well, the first one I'm going to bring to the table here is a uh, woman captures quote small humanoid on camera. This is actually pretty recently. This is uh, actually from today. Oh. Um. 
Melissa Braham, Braham? Bram? I don't know. Had been out walking her dog last week when she photographed something very strange. The following story and photograph were sent to us today via email. Could this be evidence of some kind of strange creature, a trick of the light, or is the whole thing a clever hoax? You decide. So I'll go ahead. What I'm going to do right now, Tony, I'm going to share my screen just so you can kind of get a get get like you can actually see the picture of this thing. But take a look. It's it's pretty weird looking. I mean, it looks pretty legit. Looks like a cardboard cutout. Does it? It does, in my opinion. Huh? Let's uh let's continue through here. It says uh, it's it says uh, it was my birthday recently, and as a gift, I received a new smartphone on Friday, the twenty sixth of February. Seeing as it was a nice day, I decided to take my dog for a walk in the afternoon. I also took my new phone out to test the camera. During the afternoon, I took several short video clips and a selection of random photographs at different resolutions. Later on in the evening, I uploaded the photography to my PC to have a look at it. It was whilst looking through the still photos that I spotted on one of them what appears to look like a tiny humanoid-shaped figure walking from right to left. Now, I'm not saying that the object is a tiny living and breathing being of some kind, but looking at the enlargements of the objects uh, of the object, one can clearly see what does resemble a bipedal creature of some kind. A head, eye, body, arms, legs, hands, and feet can be clearly seen. Whatever the mysterious object is, it is definitely something that is reflecting sunlight and also casts a shadow on the ground. It doesn't look like a squirrel, rat, bird, or any other kind of animal that I've ever seen before. Yeah, that definitely does not look like a squirrel. That's the weirdest squirrel I've ever seen. If I had to venture to guess, I would say that is definitely not a squirrel. Mm. (laughs) I suppose it could be something of nothing, something very ordinary, like a scrap of rubbish captured at a strange angle, trick of the light, etc., making it look extraordinary. I'm no photographic expert, so I really don't know. All I can say is what it looks like to me. Anyway, I thought it was very interesting, and I thought I would send it to you to see what you would you could make of it. I am going to send the photo to several experts and researchers for analysis and to see what they make of it. The photo was taken at full-resolution 12-megapixel camera set to fully automatic, no-zoom used, taken Friday afternoon at 16.05 p.m. Weather was dry, mild, and sunny. The photo was taken in between the entrance to Victoria Park and now demolished healthcare center on, on uh, Cowley Hill Lane. Saint oh Saint Helens, I thought that was they didn't put the uh, they didn't put the little uh, dot in between the Saint and Helens. So I'm like, Stellan, Stellan, Stellan. So this is the this is the initial picture she took. So. Obviously, like, I think that's her dog right there. Let me see if I can get, like, a, if I can get the picture to load up, like, the full picture. Oh, come on. Look Man, at this. Look, half look a how picture. Loaded. That is wow. amazing. Okay, here we go. Okay, no, that's, that's not definitely dog. not her dog. That's <laughs> a pile of trash. I just thought it was, like, a dog laying in the leaves or something, but then there's, there it is. There's the thing. That is, it, I mean. That's a thing. It's definitely not a squirrel. Nope, not a squirrel. We're 100 percent sure it is not a squirrel. Where is her? That's one thing I kind of wonder about. Is like, okay, you were taking a picture of your dog, but where's your dog? I think they said like, they're just not taking even... random photographs. But if look at the picture, like look at her shadow right here. Like she's, it's not even like 
there's no leash. Free range dog. Like, both hand. Oh yeah. Uh, well, that's how you well, get that's, called, uh, right? Yeah, that's what uh, that's what I had here. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, there's some some um, some comments here. Let's see. Uh, poster board cutout, or it's an alien disguised as a paper cutout. It shows their higher intelligence. So yeah, you're 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 pretty on the nose here with that. No. Uh, this this uh, this one says, "Nice try, Jeff Sessions. You won't escape a subpoena that easily." <laughs> The Earth is flat, and so are aliens. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, that's uh, that's what I had for that story there. So, uh, what what do you got up next, Tony? <laughs> well, Gator, Lizzie Borden's home site of brutal axe murders could be yours for a, you know, for some mere pocket change of two million dollars. Two million dollars? Let me crack my wallet open. Yeah, I mean, I've got... Who doesn't have two million sitting around? Exactly. Jeez. What, what poor bastard doesn't have two million sitting around? Me. <laughs> uh, Borden was acquitted of the crime, and the case remains unsolved. Uh, the home where the 19th century accused killer, Lizzie Borden, allegedly murdered her father and stepmother with a hatchet in 1892... Mm. Is for sale as a bed and breakfast. Wouldn't catch me sleeping in that place. See what happened to the fucking it. other two people that did. Fucking axe to I'd the face. I'd do it just to see what see what would happen. See if there's like any kind of fucking weird ghost things in the middle of the night. I'd do it. Take a ghost axe to the face. I mean, what's a how, what, what's a ghost axe gonna do? Or is it a ghost holding a real axe? <laughs> <laughs> that would pro- that would actually be a little more dangerous than a yeah. ghost axe. Yeah, that would do something. Yep. <laughs> yep. My face. Um, Borden was accused and tried of gruesome double murders after the bodies were discovered in the house on the morning of August 4th, 1892 in Fall River, Massachusetts. Andrew Borden mm. and Abby Borden both suffered, suffered fatal blows to the head and multiple strikes Multiple body strikes. 11 for Andrew and 19 for Abby. That were delivered with a hatchet, according to the Crime Museum in Washington, D.C., though. Lizzie was known to have quarreled with her father and stepmother and was thought by many to be guilty. There was no evidence directly connecting her to the crime, and she was eventually acquitted. Today, the building that was once bathed in blood is open to the public. Ooh, excuse me. As the Lizzie Borden Bread and Breakfast slash Museum, equipped with furnishings, decor, and memorabilia that recall the grim and lurid events of more than a century ago, but the current owner is readying to retire and offering the home for sale at a price of two million, according to a listing posted by the Saybooth team, a Massachusetts real estate agency. Mm-hmm. An unusual feature of the house, dating to when Andrew Borden remodeled it for his family in 1872, is that there are no hallways except for the landing on the second floor. One had to go through one room to get to the other, the Lizzie Borden Museum website says. That's weird. Let me see. And the rest of it, uh, okay, it says, In the bed and breakfast, there are four rooms and two suites. 
The suites are the larger rooms that were once shared by Andrew and Abby and by Lizzie and her older sister, Emma, who was not home mm. when her father and stepmother were slaughtered. One of the smaller rooms, the John V. Morse room, where Lizzie's uncle stayed the night before the murder, is where Abby's body was found, according to the museum website. Hmm. So you can, uh... You can stay in the room where one of the murders occurred. I'd do it. Yeah, fuck it. I mean, why not, right? I'd do it. I'd totally do it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, why not, right? <laughs> why, why not? not? When, when, when else are you going to get to do something like that? Yeah, I mean, not very often. <laughs> All right. That was it for that. All right, let's see. So I've got this one, and it is a Sydney real estate agent, Carl Howard, accused of Viagra-fueled samurai sword attack. <laughs> you mean that's this not the casual real... Monday for everybody? Uh, well, you know, this happened uh, February the 10th. Uh, says, a Sydney real estate agent accused of injuring one woman with a samurai sword and punching another in the face is now facing serious charges. Carl Howard, age 44, was being treated in Royal Prince Alfred Hospital for a shoulder injury on Wednesday when his case was mentioned in court. He is accused of punching a 27-year-old woman in the face early on Monday morning. He then allegedly kissed her forcefully while strangling her. Okay. This went fuck? zero to 60 real quick. Yeah, it did. The woman's 29-year-old friend intervened, and police say Howard then slashed her arm with a samurai sword. Where did he have the samurai sword? Up his butt. Uh, that's probably... The old yeah. prison wallet. <laughs> He's like managed a... to flee... Huh? He's like a reverse knife, uh, reverse sword swallower. <laughs> <laughs> and for my next trick, <laughs> she managed to flee and alert the police. Howard allegedly hid in a skip bin at the Annandale home before he was already hit in a dumpster. <laughs> So, what the fuck? What led to this? Viagra, uh, apparently. Let's, let's continue reading. One of the woman's lawyers told the court Howard had taken four Viagra pills before Jesus the alleged Christ. altercation, which may have influenced his behavior. I've never heard of Viagra pills causing you to, like, attack people with a samurai sword. That's... Never. I've, this is the only time I have ever heard that excuse. Apparently, it brought on a real big violence rager. Yeah, he's just like got the fucking hard on for for violence. And he's just got all the the doom music is just playing in his head. He's just like yes, yes. <laughs> the only reason for a person taking four Viagra pills before strangling and forcing his tongue down someone's throat is he must have had sexual intent, Anthony Sisson said. Well, yeah, I mean, you don't take four Viagra pills before you go to work and just walk around, like... That's not... Maybe. That's how you get a sexual harassment claim. 
Can you imagine just walking around the office like that? Just just acting like it's not even there while everybody's just staring down. Like, you just walk, walk in, sip your coffee, just, hey, Susan, yeah, how was your weekend? Yeah, I took the kids, you know, took the kids out to the park and, uh, you know, did a little did a little work around the house. Yeah, it was a pretty, pretty, pretty relaxed weekend. She's just staring at just the tent. <laughs> he goes, the guy, he's like, all right, Susan, I'll uh, see you later. He turns around and just knocks over her cup of, like, uh, pencils and shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was, like, stretching up behind his head, like, all right, well, I better go get to work. <laughs> Does that thing where he leans back? Oh, my back is killing me. (laughs) (laughs) Better be careful. He's going to put somebody's eye out. Oh, what? (laughs) Said he might put somebody's eye out. If not, if not one. He's got the samurai sword. Yeah. On Wednesday. Howard was recovering from surgery after injuring his shoulder during the arrest. His lawyer, John Sutton, in court, described him as being in a, quote, bad way. That's great defense. Great defense. He didn't apply for bail. Yeah. Yeah, probably wouldn't either. Yeah, you'd have to be kind of ashamed after doing something like that. Like, oh, God. Howard's clients have described him as a gentleman and professional. But following his arrest, Ray White formally stood him down. He'll return to court in April. So we'll try to remember this case so that if there's an update, you know, in April, we'll come back and let you know how the the Samurai Boner dude's doing. Oh, I hope something comes out on the 11th. That'd be a hell of a birthday present. Oh, he's got a... And to look like hunt down his little commercial so he could see the man himself in action. Yeah. <laughs> just try to sell a house. He's just got the fucking raging boner. <laughs> I want you to know that, that 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 Howard is going to fight for you. You see that 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 mortgage mortgage price? We're gonna slash it in half with my samurai sword. <laughs> you see those those, those predatory lenders? Uh, the lenders, I'll force my tongue down their throat. <laughs> Howard's gonna sell you a house whether you like it or not, and you trust me, you're gonna like it. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I'm uncomfortable with our realtor. <laughs> Jesus Christ! He's trying to. They're just sitting there, like trying to, like look at the look at the kitchen. He just like he just kind of like just appears behind you. And he's just like, he's just like, oh, what the hell is that? Sorry, it was my samurai sword. So how do you like the kitchen? Nice open space floor plan. Lots of uh, room for the kids to run around. He's he's like he goes to flip the switch and he just hip thrusts and turns the light switch on. <laughs> Plenty of cabinet space for your Viagra. He's just opening cabinets with his dick. He's not even bothering with his hands at this point. <laughs> would you like? Would you like to see what see what see the uh, the bedrooms? He's like, no, no, absolutely no, fucking good. not. <laughs> fucking just wraps his dick around the door handles. 
It's like a it's like a fucking monkey tail. <laughs> she wraps it around the door handle, twists it. Uh, it's like it's a, picks up picks up his coffee off the counter. <laughs> <laughs> Just fucking like both both hands on his hips, just takes a sip of his coffee. Uh, yeah, this is one of the better houses we have for. <laughs> I I love the smell of saving people money in the morning. <laughs> oh, oh god! <laughs> he's got his fucking he's got tic tac canister full of Viagra. He's popping them every couple seconds. Just. I just can't get the fucking image out of my mind of this guy using his dick to pick up a cup of coffee and take a fucking drink of it with both both of his hands on his hips just like yep good day to be a real estate agent good day to be a real estate agent out here in gorgeous Sydney Australia yep (laughs) <laughs> do you do you always bring a samurai sword and viagra to your to your to your real estate he's like i always make sure my samurai sword's on me i live by the sword and die by the sword he just pops a couple more viagra it's like you have to keep doing that <laughs> look, look it's become sentient <laughs> He's so many of those fucking things. It's become sentient at this point. That's right. His name's Rodney. <laughs> the fucking little the deck holds open, so it's just like. <laughs> Come on, Harry. Let's chat this bitch. No, not yet, Rodney. <laughs> That's it. Let's see if she buys the house first. He just sips the coffee and just stares at her unblinking. (laughs) (laughs) I love the fucking voice he gave his (laughs) dick. I'll check this bitch. Face is perfect too. Jesus Christ! Look at his face. Look at his fucking face. (laughs) (laughs) It's even better when you had a fucking face. (laughs) He looks like a. Steve Carell had like had what like worked out and actually like like gained a lot of muscle mass. But uh, <laughs> was is still his mid forties, so it wasn't really like solid muscle. It was kind of an aged Arnold muscle look to it. <laughs> he just, he's just chewing bite of Viagra's down. This guy either looks like he's a manager at a Walmart or a gas station. One of the two. He's going to have to be a manager at a Walmart or a gas station after this little stuff. <laughs> him, and, uh, him and Rodney took out, the, took out those two ladies. Wait a second. I wonder if he used his dick to swing the sword. <laughs> He's got attached to the hip and his dick just wrapped around the hilt and unsheathed. <laughs> <laughs> 
sword chopping with both of his hands and his dick's just swinging the sword. <laughs> The one that jumps on his back, he just flips it over. All you hear is the, the dick just go, Look that sword, die by the sword, bitch. <laughs> God, I love doing this podcast. <laughs> oh. Uh, all right. Well, that that was all I had for that one. So. <sighs> What's your next one? <laughs> well, this one isn't as good as old Dick Ninja over there, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> Dick Ninja. Uh, this is uh oh god, I don't think I can top that one. I can't say anything serious now. <laughs> fucking fucking. Rodney and Howard have set the mood. Uh. I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited for April. I want. I want. I want the. I want part two to the the the, the saga of Howard and Rodney here. <laughs> Rodney the Dick Ninja. Anyway, uh, deep. Dick- Russia's Dyatlov past conspiracy theory may be finally solved 60 years later. <laughs> it was Rodney. I was going to say fucking Rodney killed him. <laughs> Howard and Rodney the entire time. They didn't buy enough houses. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> y'all well, met my brother well, Howard. <laughs> y'all know better than to come around here when Howard's been on the Viagra for a couple days. It <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, just comes out instead of beating up the cops. He just comes out and rapes them. <laughs> <laughs> It's come to fucking bust out the door with a big fucking fucking rager going on. Swinging the dick around. Y'all coming up here to intimidate my brother? You gonna squeal. You gonna squeal like a piggy. That's enough, Howard. <laughs> Can't get over this shit. The... <laughs> In the infamous Dyatlov Pass incident, nine young hikers died under mysterious circumstances. Now there's a scientific explanation. Howard Rodney! 1959, uh, we all know about Dyatlov Pass. A group of nine young hikers died in in Russia's Ural Mountains under mysterious circumstances. Towards a peak locally known as Dead Mountain. Uh... Sounds like a fun weekend. Yeah, yeah. Took nearly a month for investigators to find all nine bodies scattered amidst the snow, trees, and ravines of Dead Mountain. Some of the hikers died half-dressed in just their socks and long-handle underwear. So I want to be found dead. Just in your socks. (laughs) So Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. Uh, Let me see. Where was I? Uh, some were missing their eyes. 
or some had broken bones and cracked skulls. Some were missing their eyes, and one young woman had lost her tongue. Apparently, to hungry wildlife. Or Rodney. The t- Rodney. Just Rodney's now just eating people's tongues. <laughs> That's how he becomes. That's how he retains his power. <laughs> uh, let me see. Uh, their tent, half buried in the snow and apparently slashed open from the inside, still held some of the hikers' neatly folded clothes and half-eaten provisions. Uh, uh. All nine hikers had died of hypothermia after being cast into the cold under the influence of a compelling natural force. Yeah, they didn't want to have Rodney shoved down their throats. <laughs> Everything from aliens to abominable snowmen have been implicated in this mystery since it rose to cultural premise uh, prominence in the 1990s following a retired official's account of the investigation. The Atlantic's Alec Loon has summarized some of the most spectacular or peculiar theories, but now a study published Thursday, January 28th, in the Nature Journal. Communications, Earth, and Environment provide a small scientific evidence behind a much more <laughs> hypothesis. A small avalanche triggered under unusual conditions pummeled as pummeled the hikers as they slept, then forced them to flee their tent into the cold, dark night. We do not claim to have solved the Dyatlov past mystery, as no one survived to tell the story. Lead author Johan Guam, or whatever the fuck his last name is, head of the Snow and Avalanche Simulation Laboratory at the Swiss Federal Institute. Uh, this is getting too fucking long. Um, <laughs> let me see. Okay, this is something. Uh, avalanche hypothesis is not new. Two federal Russian investigations completed in 2019 and 2020. Also concluded the hikers were most likely driven for their tents by a slab avalanche. That is, an avalanche that occurs when a slab of snow near the surface breaks away from a deeper layer of snow, and it slides downhill in blocky chunks. <coughs> yeah, but the <laughs> but the fucking hikers were blowing chunks when they seen that fucking snow coming after them. <laughs> <laughs> uh. However, this hypothesis hasn't been widely accepted by the public. The new study noted, because neither investigation offered a scientific explanation, neither investigation, yeah, okay, uh, for some of the incident's stranger details, the slab avalanche theory was criticized due to four main counter-arguments. First and foremost, there was no sign of an avalanche when rescues arrived at the campsite 26 days after the hikers went missing. Second, the slope where the hikers built their camp had an incline of less than 30 degrees, which is typically considered the minimum angle for an avalanche to occur. Third, there's evidence that the hikers fled their tents in the middle of the night, meaning the avalanche was triggered hours after the highest risk event when the hikers built their camp, a process that involved cutting into the face of the slope to create a flat surface below their tent and a sheer wall of snow next to it, a common practice at the time. Finally, some of the hikers had sustained head and chest injuries that avalanches usually don't cause. That's because Rodney did it. Um, <clears throat> in their paper, Guam... Uh, yeah. Do what? He's coming for you. 
Everyone shall die by Rodney. Rodney's gonna get his. Rodney's just the Grim Reaper. <laughs> Fucking dick cloak over him. Uh, anyway, where was I? In their paper, Guam and study co-author Alexander Pustrin, Pustrin, I don't fucking know how to fucking pronounce their names, a researcher at the Institute for Geotechnical Engineering in Zurich, Switzerland, set out to address each of these critiques. Why are the Swiss so involved in this? Fucking goddamn Swiss meddling in Russia's they're business. Like, they're like weird mountain people. I guess, because, so they're like, they, obviously they know what they're doing, but... Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't mind going to Switzerland. Switzerland sounds like a pretty cool country. Yeah. Um, they studied records from the time of the Dyatlov incident to recreate the environmental conditions that the hikers most likely faced on the night of their deaths, and then used a digital avalanche model to test whether a slab avalanche could have possibly occurred under those conditions. Uh... The team's analysis showed that the avalanche hypothesis stands up to every counter-argument. Uh, in their study, the researchers learned that the angle of the slope near the hikers' campsite was actually steeper than previous reports in England, uh, indicated. The slope angle measured 28 degrees compared to the area's average slope angle of, 30, of 23 degrees. Subsequent snowfalls in the weeks after the incident could have smoothed this angle, making the slope appear smaller also covering signs of an avalanche. Detail to cover as for a second. Uh, while 30 degrees is considered the standard slope angle at which avalanches can occur, this is not a hard rule. Um, researchers wrote in factors evidence of avalanches occurring on slopes with angles as little as 15 degrees. Key factors of friction between the upper slab layer, the one that falls, and the base layer, the one that stays in place. Uh... So an avalanche killed him. But we all know it was really Rodney. It was Rodney. It we was all Rodney. Yeah. It was definitely Rodney. Rodney went in there and messed things up. <laughs> God damn it, Rodney. Okay. Well, I've got uh I've got one more here. Uh are you ready for the, the Coop the Gracie here? Can it beat Rodney and Howard? No, sadly. <laughs> this one's uh, this one's not as entertaining as Rodney and Howard. This one is Oklahoma murder suspect confesses to killing neighbor, cooking her heart. Investigators say. <laughs> yep, a triple murder suspect has confessed, saying he killed a neighbor first and cut her heart out to eat at home. The OSBI reported. Jesus. Quote: He took the heart back to two fourteen West Minnesota Chickasha. An agent with the Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigations told a judge in request for a search warrant. He cooked the heart with potatoes to feed to his family <laughs> to release the demons, the agent wrote. All right. Lawrence Paul Anderson is accused of killing the neighbor at her home and then going to his home and killing his uncle and a four-year-old girl on February 9th. He is also accused of stabbing his aunt. She survived. The <laughs> that's all. That's all she gets. She got she got stabbed uh, stabbed by this guy. But it's like yeah, she she survived. Whatever. No one the, cares. The case already has sparked outrage because the repeat felon had been released early from prison in January. 
Holy shit. He had been sentenced to 2017 to serve 20 years behind bars, but got out after Governor Kevin Stitt commuted his time. Give me a second. I'm gonna, I'll be yep. right back. One second. The governor commuted the sentence to nine years at the recommendation of the Oklahoma Pardon and Parole Board. Anderson served a little more than three years. He had been staying with his uncle, Leon Pye, and Aunt Delcy Pye since his release. So he was sentenced originally to 20 years. So he he did something fucked, uh, fucked up, and he's only served three years of the 20-year sentence that he got. Okay, so he okay, so here's the thing. I looked it up, and this is the original story about his release from prison after three years. Apparently, he was a convicted cocaine dealer, uh, and he was caught. Uh, he he, uh, he was caught. Basically, he was ordered back to prison. So he was he was out on uh, on bail or on parole or something, and was caught with a gun and drugs on him. So that's how that went. That's why he got the 20 fucking years. Um, and then I guess he got, uh, he only served three years of that 20 years, got out and decided to go on a murder spree and cook and eat people's hearts. Um, yeah. Let's see here. It says, uh, this has to be addressed by the legislator sooner rather than later because more people are going to get killed, Grady County District Attorney Jason Hicks said February 11th. The prosecutor plans to charge Anderson, age 42, on Tuesday. The death penalty is on the table, Hicks said Monday. Chickasha police went to 214 West Minnesota on, uh, on February 9th after a woman called 911 for help. An officer forced his way into the house after hearing a woman yelling. Inside, they found Leon Pye, age 67, already dead, and his granddaughter, Hayos Yates, injured. She was pronounced deceased in the ambulance on the scene. The OSBI agent wrote in the search warrant request, Elsie Pye suffered stab wounds to both eyes, the OSBI reported. Jeez. Anderson was arrested inside the Pie home. Chickasha police officers observed Anderson throwing up in the living room into some pillows, the OSBI agent wrote. The third death was discovered February 11th after the OSBI interviewed Anderson at an Oklahoma City hospital where he was being treated for his injuries. He confessed to going to 227 West Minnesota Avenue, Chickasha, uh, the agent wrote. He used his shoulder to knock in the back door. There were two German Shepherd dogs in the house. Anderson advised he killed the female resident and cut her heart out. So apparently those dogs didn't do shit. <laughs> apparently not. I mean... Fucking great guard dogs. Mm -hmm. The OSBI on Friday identified the neighbor as Andrea Lynn Blankenship, age <laughs> 41. Well, that's great that they identified the lady who called the cops on him. <laughs> or is that the lady that he killed? <clears throat> I believe that to have been the lady that he killed. <laughs> oh, shit. In the request for a search warrant, the OSBI told a judge agents wanted to collect as evidence from the pie home pots, pans, and any utensils for cooking. <laughs> Anderson was first sentenced to prison in Oklahoma in 2006 for four years for attacking his girlfriend pointing a gun at her and possessing crack cocaine with the intent to distribute records show he was out in less than two years 
he went back to prison in 2012 to serve a 15-year sentence for selling crack cocaine near an elementary school. He was also he, he also was was ordered to spend 20 years on probation after his release. He was out in less than five years and four months. He was sent back to prison in December 2000 in December 2017 to serve 20 more years when a judge both revoked his probation in full and sentenced him for new crimes. There's so, so there's been a pattern. There's been a goddamn pattern. Great. He had been out less than five months in 2017 when police arrested him after he confronted a woman at her car in a church parking lot. Police reported he was carrying a handgun, which was illegal for him to have because of his past convictions. At the jail, a detention officer found a vial of PCP hidden in his underwear. (laughs) He pleaded guilty to gun and drug offenses. Investigators are trying to determine if he was under the influence of drugs on February 9th. The Oklahoman has learned that at the time of his guilty plea in 2017, he told the judge he took bipolar medication. He was released from the hospital February 15th and is being held at the Grand Grady County Jail. Lovely. Yeah. So he'll get he'll get, he'll get sentenced for another 20 years, probably get the deaths sent a death penalty and then he'll be out in two apparently that that seems to be how how shit works in oklahoma yeah apparently yeah jesus well that was the last one that i had uh tony did you have one more no i do not all righty then 